Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin. We even got a mention of The Road to Tarvalin in episode 5. Right? Talking about episode 5. <laughs> <laughs> Our namesake. Right? It was Where there. does this road, road lead to? Mm-hmm. By Tarvalon, of course. Of course. Of course. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> According to Matt, last season, though, all roads lead to Tarvalin, so... I'm hoping for a name drop every season. (laughs) Right? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love it. Keep that joke coming back back around every time. It never gets old. I'm never tired of it. And that is true. (laughs) Yeah. So, Uh, Tracy, what are you feeling like for spoilers today? Are we waiting till the end? Are we going full spoilers ahead? I always lean towards the full splash all spoilers all right. direction. Like Let's I do like that. that. Then. Yeah. Then I don't have to like worry so much that I'm gonna say the wrong thing. Like when we were when I was watching this the first time through with Stephanie, the first episode, they had like that meeting with all the the Ajas and everything inside the tower and I was like, Oh yeah, there are three black Aja like hanging out in that little group and she was like i only know one and i was like i'm gonna shut my mouth (laughs) yeah it's hard when you're watching with people who don't know Mm Hmm. yeah but like there are so many like places for spoilers to creep in on this one that it's just uh i think it's a little too fun not to do a, a full romp through is there a plot line that you would like to start out with? Is there something that you're just mm-hmm. jumping to dive into? What a good question. I think my favorite part of the episode was the Ayol Avienda moment with Perrin and the White Cloaks and everything. I have yeah. questions about that scene. Not necessarily that scene, but like Perrin coming in and like the White Cloaks and... But highlight of the scene for me was definitely that one what did you like about it what was it was it just avienda being a badass i mean (laughs) because i feel like that's (laughs) really really that's what it is for me i just i love her personality she's just there's the sass of course Mm -hmm. like just the whole aiel humor Mm -hmm. her kind of parent kind of like stepping in front like oh i'm the i'm the big big beefy burly right. man and I'm she laughs at and... him she yeah. laughs at him and it's so precious like the way that she does it and then she kind of like is like looking at him she's like all right parent <laughs> yeah. yeah like oh it was so good it was and really like from the moment that she stops him from releasing Uno's body from the cage I was hooked into her and wanting to know her story even though I know it's Avienda I was like this is such a great way to introduce another group of people 
that hasn't really been touched on very much in the series yet. And like I couldn't help but think of like the the scene where Rand is talking to I think his name is Errol in Kyrian and they're talking about the Aiel War and Rand's like and our women and the other guy is like even fiercer and I just like and here we go here is a perfect example of that it was so good what were your questions about this scene not so much on like the fight scene in particular as when like Perrin comes into a Tuin's mill and Dane Bornhold is there. Nothing of his uniform is showing. When I think about Children of the Light, I don't think about them hiding who they are, like unless they absolutely have no choice. But Dane's covered from like neck to toes in a dark, not dark, but like it's not white. And I'm like, other than a reveal later on, what is the point of him? wearing this instead of the bright white cloak like we see Eamon Faldo wearing later on? Well, <laughs> I have three options I can think of. One is that they just made Dane too hot for his own good, so he had mm. to cover up under that friar tuck robe. and Fair. You know, not, That's fair. Not flaunt. <laughs> not hotness. flaunt what's going on underneath. <laughs> You keep that that hotness to yourself, Dane Bornhold. (laughs) (laughs) But I could see, and this is in like all serious now, I could see Mm -hmm. the idea of him being kind of tasked, like tasking himself with Mm -hmm. this. He's like the greeter at Walmart, you know? Like, (laughs) John from Bornhold in the books is kind of set off on his little solo journey in the Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing what the questioners are doing and all of these very unsavory actions being done in the name mm-hmm. of the White Cloaks. And he's out there kind of being like this question of why are they doing this? Now everyone, I guess, like, I think bodies like, floating down the river and he's like, everyone's going to know it's the White Cloaks. Mm-hmm. Like, you're tarnishing the name of the White Cloaks, which, you know, it's not hard to do. Right. But yeah. there are these characters within the organization that aren't as bad as the others. So, like, maybe he's trying to kind of not appear to be so menacing, And, I mean, they've Mm -hmm. came in and taken over this town. So, like, maybe he's just there kind of trying to keep the peace. And then that leads me into what High Lord Tatara brought up is, will they make Dane Bornhold a dark friend? Because at this point, Eamon Valda, it's just too easy to make Mm -hmm. him the, like, Boar's character, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's terrible. He's awful. He Mm -hmm. cuts women's hands off. Mm -hmm. So, like, it would be like, oh, okay, like, they made him the evil one. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. But if you have Dane fill that role, it feels Mm -hmm. a lot more shocking. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. you have Dane fill that role, then... We've had, like, this conversation between Eamon Valda and Dane Bornhold where Dane is like, the wolves aren't out tonight. Like, don't worry, Valda. Like, no wolves or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, it seems like someone is 
waiting for wolves. Mm-hmm. Eamon Valda would be waiting because of his encounter with Perrin. But if Dane Bornhold is a dark friend, he would have been having potentially meetings with Ishamael. And Ishamael knows about Perrin's wolf brother capabilities. So I could see Ishamael like staging this Mm. setting in hopes that Perrin would return. Like they left Uno out, which could have potentially been bait for Perrin to return. I mean, it's it feels kind of like a stretch, but we don't know later in the season how they're going to make this play out, right? We had mm-hmm. first cold open, episode one. We know that there's going to be one dark friend who is a white, white cloak. cloak. Yeah, yeah. So if it's Dane, I feel like, you know, maybe the maybe the Friar Tuck robe was just a way <laughs> to stage this meeting with Perrin where maybe he could get information with Perrin. Maybe he could get on good terms with Perrin. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe there's some type of manipulation happening in this moment that we aren't privy to just yet. Hmm. Okay. It felt so off for me just because of like the way that, you know, the children kind of flaunt who they are. They're always described as having these blindingly bright white cloaks and gear that's shiny and special and whatnot. And I was just like, why are you hiding? I think the one that I buy the most, though, is just to tone down the hotness. That's the one oh, I'm going yeah. for. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's so Dane that sense. It's, <laughs> it's Dane that's there, like almost waiting for Perrin. I mean, it's true. And then, once Perrin already realizes, like, hey, the white these are the white cloaks. Mm-hmm. Dane removes his friar tuck robe, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like at some point he ditches the brown and. He goes full on Children of the Light. So mm-hmm. I also think, too, like it's interesting. I don't know. That whole fight scene was, it was interesting, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, know. I feel like you and I had like two different opinions on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was all right. It was okay. I liked it a lot. That's okay. I would have, here's the thing. Tell me. There's room for improvement there. The lighting almost, it almost seemed like they shot it in the dark in a way to kind of lessen the fact that it wasn't as tight as it could have been. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Fight scene was okay. The editing, yeah. It was the editing for me. This, like, yeah, yeah. This mid punch, stop shot shoot from a different angle and then like you just see the body fly what i did enjoy about the fight scene was like the grappling which Mm -hmm. i think they could have done more of if i were them i would have lessened the amount of white cloaks it would have made it feel a little bit more realistic and i know you want Mm -hmm. avienda to be like super like super hardcore right you want her Mm -hmm. like flexing showing off all of her skills but in the books and i'm not trying to be like, well, in the books they do this. Like, mm-hmm. Gaul is captured in the books. Mm-hmm. So when it's one Aiel, yeah, they're super dangerous and can inflict a lot of damage, but 
you could still get a good fight scene with her on like you know four other characters mm-hmm. again like I don't know how much of the shots were the actress herself if if mm-hmm. she was doing most of them herself or if they mm-hmm. used a stunt double mm-hmm. I just think for for the fact that we've already introduced the Aiel I think this just leaves like a little pocket for growth because if you've got you know like 30 Aiel you can't be doing all of these choppy camera shots, right? right. Where it's like, yeah. we're over here, now we're over there, now we're up here, like mm-hmm. looking from this angle and then that angle. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was fun. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Hylor Tatara put in chat that they have a preference for, let's see here, if Avienda had had her spears. And I was actually really excited that she didn't have any weapons because it's like that's just the thing about Aiel is they're like deadly with or without weapons and the fact that she comes out of a cage after being cramped for how long and still I mean that also stretches belief as well but she's still like this like whirlwind of harm and death yeah yeah I enjoyed Perrin's contribution as well. Mm-hmm. I do think what would be fun to see with Perrin is, I mean, he has the build of a linebacker. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he's a big boy. So I would just love to see him not so much, like, swinging weapons, but, like, mm-hmm. in this type of fight scenario, like, really using his body weight, like, really running like charging into people and of course like that doesn't work as well when the other combatants have swords mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. he's such a big guy and I would love to see him using his body more mm-hmm. yeah parent parent is huge like that's I feel like that's one of the things about Marcus Rutherford where like when you see him he is a big man Hmm. and like I would love just to see him like really using like shoulders and elbows and just really you know get in the mosh pit like brawler style (laughs) yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. I have a feeling that's going to have to happen oh yeah like at some point because now it seems like he's got the axe and I'm glad he's got a weapon now but also I feel like if I were shooting some of these scenes or if I was someone like being in charge of choreography I would be like man Mm -hmm. like use Marcus's body weight like he's just I feel like that would be so fulfilling to see him just kind of like mow people over with his Mm -hmm. size alone Mm -hmm. that would be fun yeah it was a fun scene it makes me excited to see what they're gonna do later on I mean when we get to Falma or Falm, however you want to say it. Yeah. When we get there, I'm really curious and really excited to see how each individual character, whether it be Rand, Perrin, or Matt, Mm -hmm. like what their skill set is going to be in the fight. Or are they Mm -hmm. like standing around like dopes, (laughs) like waiting for the heroes of the horn, like we'll be back here. Mm-hmm. We'll just hang yeah. out back here. It's cool. You guys look like you've got this. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else for that particular. Oh, uh, if we're still at a two ends mill, though, in that little segment, not the fight part, 
that little dog lady like coming out to like get parents attention do dogs have an affinity for a parent too i was thinking about this today yes i think the answer to that is yes but mm-hmm. they made the wolves dogs in this show mm-hmm. in certain scenes like they've even used subtitles for when the dogs bark it'll be like subtitles like barking like wolves don't bark that's <laughs> only dogs so mm-hmm. i feel mm. like they've kind of made like the wolf thing more like a wolf dog thing and like, like it's canine. weird to like yeah yeah it's weird to kind of like split hairs and be like oh it's not a wolf thing it's like a wolf dog thing or like a dog mm-hmm. thing but mm-hmm. i think in terms of like shooting and like they don't look like wolves like they mm-hmm. look more dog like and mm-hmm. i'm totally fine with that i mm-hmm. think it's probably easier you can't train wolves i mean yeah it just makes sense that they would do something like that mm-hmm. versus like trying to CGI a bunch of wolves because mm-hmm. that would just oh, like mm-hmm. that's that would make me so nervous. So yeah. nervous. You can't it's a lot harder to CGI animals that we are very familiar with mm-hmm. <laughs> because and when have they us move, believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, for other fantasy creatures, like, Mm -hmm. sure, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick apart, like, I don't know, like a trollic or a Mm -hmm. fade in the same Mm -hmm. way I would a wolf, because, Mm -hmm. you know, one's real, one's not. I've seen one in real life, not the other. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of animals that are, like, in our world that we are glad aren't CGI'd, Horses, Moraine killed a horse. Sorry, this is where my brain jumped to while we were talking about this. Moraine killed a horse. Yeah, it had to be done. <sighs> What's your, I mean, are you like saying like, I'm shocked that it happened? I'm or shocked. Or like she shouldn't have done it? Or Okay, so when, when it first happened and I was like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. But then when like later when it's just, the woman that was in the stables riding off with the horses. I'm like, why didn't they take all the horses instead of killing the horse? Would that have held them back that far? Like, knowing how Moraine feels about horses, I was just like, Moraine just killed a horse. Like, it just got me. Okay, so, like, when I was younger, my mother went, (laughs) my mother made me take, like, English horseback riding lessons. Mm -hmm. I, I loved horses, not a fan of the sport, but, like, horse riding is hard. Like, it is very hard. And even someone who is really skilled, I couldn't see someone running full speed, like, at a gallop on a horse while holding the reins of three other horses alone. So, like, even even though they are switching, you know, like, Mm-hmm. At one point, all three of them is on a horse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you really going to be like, oh, like, yeah, let's, I'll just hold the reins of this yeah, other horse while right. I'm fleeing for my life? Like, I don't, I don't she, know. Couldn't she I have, couldn't like, do it. smacked it on the butt and sent it running off somewhere? Like, they do that in movies help. all the time. Girl, horses are stubborn. Like, what if you smack it on the butt and the horse just stands there and starts eating grass? <laughs> if Maureen could channel, sure, she could have scared that horse all the way back to Kyrie. 
<laughs> yeah. But it makes sense. I think, like, logically it makes sense. Of course, I don't want to see a horse die. Right. Would I have been able to do it in that moment? Probably mm-hmm. not. But if it were, like, me trying to save... I don't know, like my little nephew or something. Like if it were me and someone who I have this overwhelming love for, like familial love, like I would kill for this person. You know what I mean? Like something so strong in you. If it came between me killing a horse and having to save someone who was like so important to me, yeah, I'd probably kill the horse. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. You're right. It's the right option. It just was, it was shocking to me. That's part of what the series is about is shocking us and getting us uncomfortable. Like these are literal life and death decisions happening. Lynn's brought up a really good point. It's like the fairy man in season one. Like Mm -hmm. it's ruthless pragmatism. Absolutely. She yeah. she was about to pull a knife on Varen if Varen said the wrong thing, and that's Varen. So, yep. you know, High Lord Tatara did put in chat, uh, can you talk about Teleron Road and how you liked it or what you didn't like? What do you think? I really enjoyed the Lanfear and Ashamael moments in Teleron Road. I think Lanfear just comes off as completely unhinged as she should and I really think just overall in terms of scenes that carry a lot of weight and hold my attention I tend to gravitate towards the scenes that have the maybe more like seasoned older actors in it as opposed to like the teenage type age But, like, I just feel like those two characters held so much gravity between them. Like, there was this unspoken history that they're starting to kind of allude to. And you're getting to see bits of their relationship and just how twisted and long-standing their history is. And Mm. I don't know. That just gives me a cool feeling. The overall look of Teleron Riode, I think they did it in a smart way and just making it look like anywhere else but then just kind of saying like oh yeah like we're in the world of dreams now deal with it you know like we're not going to do some goofy like blue light filter or something like that like this is what it looks like deal with it if you want to put that much of your budget towards Teleron Riode it's going to get really expensive and then you're going to have to cut back on channeling I feel like So this was like the smart route versus the more aesthetically pleasing, maybe. I think there's also something to be said for the uncertainty of this being real or not. So the fact that Teleron Rio can look exactly like the real world and doesn't have anything so far to really indicate that it's a dream versus... The waking world I kind of like that like there's something creepy about that am I dreaming am I awake I don't really know yeah that also allows them to focus on the absurdity of it all mm. like the scene where 
Ishmael's caressing Rand's cheek, and then it kind <laughs> of like fades into Lanfear. Mm-hmm. You get that kind of strange, absurd feeling where it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that's smart. Like, it's mm-hmm. smart to kind of hit people with, like, what am I? Where? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's an easy way to kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. grab someone's attention, I guess, without no, I think so. a ton of CGI. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate it when film does that, where it uses more, like, audience perception and film angle and art artistry to like get a point across instead of like a bunch of cgi i want it to feel authentic and in this it's just i mean it's it looks like an everyday scene what i love the change in lanfear is the darker makeup i like lanfear like this right now better than i've liked celine from the first episodes she kind of feels a little crazy what I love about the styling that they've done is I know that I've talked about it before, but when you have Celine in the books and she's throwing on Rand's t-shirt, t-shirt, his like <laughs> collared shirt, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like gallivanting around doing her little like sexy Sharon Stone impersonation. We've talked about this feeling and looking like this peak 90s mm-hmm. sexiness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's almost kind of like this feeling of like the the powerful woman of the 90s kind of coming into this, coming into cinema, really. Mm-hmm. They took that exact styling from that era and pulled it into the scene. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of like wet looking slicked back hair, mm-hmm. the smoky eye, the mm-hmm. men's shirt. Mm-hmm. Like it is such a nod, I feel like, to when the books were written mm-hmm. that when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, like I I absolutely 100% understand what they're doing with the styling here. And it looks modern. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it looks modern, but not futuristic. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like our past. The 90s is our past. But right now the 90s have like come back into trend yet again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know, like the stylings of, this show and what Sharon Gillum has been doing mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, like that looks like futuristic runway, you know, like it is high fashion, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I love, love, love what they've been doing with all of that. And to like Tracy, you said like you weren't such a big fan of like the Celine look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I, I don't... liked her look. I just like this one better. Okay. But where I was going with that is that I love how it makes her feel like she's almost like thinking like this styling is distasteful. Like she's like, oh, God, could anything be slower than a horse? Like, give me my Joe car. Give me my show wing. (laughs) Give me the clothes I want to wear. I don't want to have to be gallivanting around in these like sad mm-hmm. pilgrim clothes okay mm-hmm. like and I love how 
something just as subtle as like switching up the costuming and styling and Teleronrio, like this is where she's comfortable. This is mm-hmm. where she can wear what she wants to wear. And then at the mm-hmm. end of the episode, we have her going full on Disney villain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep, that's that's her. Yep. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I like the Teleronriod version of Lanfear better is that she feels like herself, like she's not putting on an act any longer. She can just be her. And that's what I I would like to see. Yeah. And then I guess like the other part that's Teleronriod is like at the very end of the episode where we finally have that confirmation of that image that we've had of the wheel with the like the handcuffs and whatnot. Yes. I don't really know if I have a whole lot on that part in particular, but it is still Teleronriod and it still looks exactly like our everyday world. Yeah. So I kind of want to start out with the confrontation at the beginning between High Lord Turok mm. and High Lady Sura. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting and unexpected that they have pitted the Shan Chen against each other like so early on in the mm-hmm. season. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like let me just put it this way. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect them to go go there. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Mm-hmm. Because at first I was thinking, yeah, like, does that make sense? Does it feel realistic? And then the more I thought about it and I was like, yeah, absolutely. The Shan Chen, they're all about status, all about it. And so you have High Lady Surath, who's a little bit more petulant. Mm, that's a good word. And... We have this relationship between her and Ishamael really being fleshed out. Like, look, Ishamael is ready for the last battle. He's like, let's get this thing started. Let's kick it into high gear. Let's go. And she's like, yo, you need my channelers, my ships, my resources if you're going to want to get this done. Yeah. It's true. Like, Mm -hmm. Sure, Ishamayel is the biggest, the baddest, one of the most cunning Forsaken, but he can't just snap his fingers and make resources appear out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're planting mm-hmm. seeds right now for potentially the last season of the TV series, Crosses Fingers, that it gets there. Mm-hmm. So, like, the schism between High Lady Surath and High Lord Turok, it makes sense. And it also makes High Lord Turok sympathetic because he's like, cool, I've got the Horn of Elier now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this and we're going to fight the shadow with it. And it's right. like, oh, oh, buddy, you, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah. The way that she kneels to have her nails cut like that and the gulp that Alwyn makes afterwards, like, it definitely hammers home things about the Shanchen that, like, you have paragraphs of reading to kind of figure out and understand that power struggle, that power dynamic. And then, like, that scene that you were talking about with the Shamael, when he, like, pushes back at her and is like, I remember why you swore your oaths to the Dark One. 
And then she's like contrite, I think would be a good word for it. And her tone changes and her eyes are down to the ground. And I'm like, why did you swear your oaths? Do we know that from in the books? Is it just power for her? I don't remember, but I feel like in the books, sadly, it usually is just power. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy it's an easy way to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I would you know, I would have to double check. I really I really can't say what her motivations were. But also that, you know, like that me not remembering it that also says something because it obviously didn't stand out in my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> enough for me to remember it where I'm like, oh yeah, like she did this. Yeah, that was wild. No, it probably was something very simple, like mm-hmm. some type of gain. Yeah, I think you're right. Power. Mm-hmm. Esteem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that makes so much sense, though, within the Shan Chen society. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's really just climbing rungs of the ladder, trying to be, you know, one step closer to the yeah. Empress. May she live forever. Mm-hmm. Which no one said. Christian said Surath was not allowed a grom. You guys, like, we can't we can't talk about the Shan Chen creatures just yet. You're gonna make me sad. Yeah. You're gonna make me depressed. <laughs> I was actually like when they when they first opened the scene with like the ship and it has the the carved out creature on the front, I was like, Oh, you're just teasing us. That's not fair. I'm waiting for creatures. Are they ever gonna show up? Are we gonna get creatures? Here's my thing. Like, obviously, I want it. I need it. Mm-hmm. I must have it. <laughs> yeah. But also, I'm recalling the moment where Morgaze has been captured by the White Cloaks. And I, be- I believe she's trying to come up with her escape or her... I don't remember. But it... All that matters is mayhem happens mm-hmm. and we think like it's a Drakkar landing on one of the buildings and like it's just like dark and wild and people screaming and things are happening and it turns out to be a rockin or to rockin mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. one of the two yeah and it would be incredibly unexpected to wait until later into like mm. further seasons down the line mm-hmm. to be like, oh, okay, like they didn't bring all of the cool stuff with them mm-hmm. on the return, like in the first batch that they sent over, like they waited until it was established. And I mean, really, nobody's, they haven't had any problems. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. from what it looks like, they roll in and. This is really all they needed. Yeah, one tiny village gets overrun by white cloaks, but at the same time, did they really? Or was it dark friends that came in with the support of, like, Mm -hmm. Ishamayel or something that were able to rid this teeny town of, what, maybe, like, a handful of, like, four Shanshan guards that stayed behind? Like, I don't know how many were in cages. I only saw one. Yeah, so, like, did they really take it back, or was there just one guy? <laughs> there was just one guy. 
That's what. Right. That's actually what Turok meant when he said we can't possibly afford to hold it. He, they left one guy. That was the extent of their resources. Yep. That's hilarious. Got him. But I mean, maybe. Because that the guy who's looking after the inn is like, it was better when the Shantan were here. At least they basically just left us alone. Well, yeah, they just left one guy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's really funny. Or it was like a dead body that they found because they're white cloaks. They were like, yeah, put them in a cage. It'll well, make us okay. look like we're doing a great job. Okay, yes. that's actually That actually is a question that I have. So why... Is Uno in the cage? Who put him there? If the White Cloaks, I'm assuming, put the Shan Chen, Shan Chen soldier in the cage and Avienda in the other one because they say that they have, what was the point of putting a dead body in the cage? Unless it's like, look what we can do, but we didn't really do this. The only other option that I could think of is that it's bait that they would... Is that if Perrin came back, he would try to, because in episode one, they made such a big deal about burying the bodies because Mm of the Mm -hmm. Faldaran customs. Mm -hmm. So you put that body in a cage. If Perrin comes back, he's going to try and bury it, right? Because he's a big softie. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Ishamayel is something that Ishamayel would know about him. So, like, they pretty much just set up an alarm system, right? Like, what is he going to do? Hammer the body out of the cage? Mm-hmm. That's what he was right about to do until Avienda was like, yo, you know, <laughs> like, shh, quiet. It's going to be loud, man. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it was just a trap for Perrin, all mm-hmm. of it, except for Avienda. I mean, she just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, that's basically his explanation to Perrin when Perrin asks about it. He's like, she just came into the wrong town at the wrong time. Yeah, Christian made a good point. Like, it does look like there's a river there or at least like a pond or a lake or some, you know, some waterway. So maybe she just got trapped. She's like, oh, I can't cross the water. No. (laughs) That's a lot of water. Yeah. Or like Lynn says, it's just the pattern bringing them together. I mean, that could be too. Everything inside of Tarvalin was my favorite mm. part of this entire episode. I love getting to meet more Aes Sedai. I mm-hmm. love this idea of really like showing that there are more people in every Aja. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like we have one red sister, right. one green, yes. one blue. Like yes. there are more people in the tower. It's mm-hmm. good to see. The brown Aja as a whole, I just, it makes me happy to see more of them because in the mm-hmm. book it's like, you get Varen, and that's pretty <laughs> much it. So it's nice to see them working together and having their own society and seeing like what their customs are. And, you know, we get that in New Spring between like the blues a little bit, but throughout the series, it's not very many moments like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the brown Aja just seems like so much fun. Right. As much as I want to say like, oh, like I would love to be a blue or a yellow. Like, no, the brown, that's it for me. Like, Same. I want to <laughs> hang out with these people. They're chill. They're funny. Like they have a good sense of humor. They've mm-hmm. got just a nice little environment. It's nice to see 
but also we all know that I love my little Nancy Drew mystery side Mm -hmm. plots way too much. So introducing something like this already into the season and picking up this plot point of who can we trust in the tower, where is the Black Aja, makes me really happy because Mm -hmm. everyone who reads the book knows where that goes. And it's such a highlight if you enjoy Tarvalin settings. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I mean, like, so many... We're threading so many needles now because mm-hmm. what we're also establishing is the fact that with Elaine missing, the White Tower is going to feel the crushing weight of Andor's boot mm. next season. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a plot that is just like, oh, hey, you know, like my daughter is missing. Mm-hmm. No, like I think this is going to be something that is so, so disruptive and so terrible for more gays mm-hmm. that the shock waves just echo all the way to Elida, to Swan yep. Sanche, yes. to mm-hmm. everything, just like the domino effect that this is going to have. And in the books, it's like, well, you know, like Gawain's like, well, my sister is missing. <laughs> I guess that's my Gawain voice. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like a Muppet, but there you go. <laughs> I was definitely getting Kermit vibes, but at the same time was totally feeling it for Gawain. It's fine, especially for what you're saying. Like, that's exactly what it was like. It was like, oh, well, gee whiz. Oh, golly, it must have been that Dragon Reborn guy. <laughs> Younglings, get him. No, and I mean, like, it's, uh, it's, oh, it's something that you can't just kind of be like, oh, it's a mystery. Elaine's gone, and now, you know, Morghese mm-hmm. is mad, and Gawain's sad yeah. or upset or whatever. Like, no, like, this is the, the most wealthy, the biggest military. Yeah. Like, these are the, ugh, like, this is the city. This is the nation you do not mess with. Yeah. And Morghese is the queen you don't mess with. Exactly. Exactly. So if we get Tom next season, mm-hmm. if we get Morghese next season, mm-hmm. if we get Elida next season, like this is such an important plot line because all of it leads to everything that happens with Swan Sanche. And yep. I think maybe you and I had talked about this at one point where like, that is a potential introduction of Elida to the tower is when Elaine goes missing instead of it just being Elida like there for a moment to like check in. She's there not as like leaving Morghese's side, but being almost her emissary while also being a tower insider to figure out what's going on with Elaine, which then opens up the possibility to her being like, well, Swan is an incompetent Amaral because she lost the daughter heir of Andor, which leads to a coup. That would make perfect sense. It's almost like gift wrapped. You can have a scene where Morghese is losing it, mm-hmm. kicks Elida mm-hmm. out of Camelin, and is like, and by the way, my son and my stepson will escort you back to Tarvalin for answers. We could get the introduction of Gawain and Galad 
in some type of manner that's all playing along with Elaine missing, Elida getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I just would love to see whoever is playing more gays, like the absolute unhinged, like <laughs> justified rage mm-hmm. of losing your child. Yes, your child, but there's so much more than that because I'm not saying this to like diminish the relationship of like mother and child, but mm-hmm. how important is an heir to a nation? Like how many wars are fought because there's not an heir? You know, like, this is so important to this nation. And they lost her. Mm-hmm. Morghese doesn't have a backup. There's mm-hmm. no one else. There's no you spare. Can't lose. There's yeah, no you can't lose. There's no can't lose Elaine. Mm-mm. And that's what just happened. So, mm-hmm. fun stuff. Mm. That interaction between Varen and Leandrin when Leandrin's coming back and Varen's like, hey, how's it going? And Leandrin's like, I have asparagus. That scene where Varen is looking at Landon when she's like we must hurry those girls are worth more than gold and she's like I've I've got you and I I'm just like this is how we get to see Varen identifying the black Aja and it is like it re- leaves this huge smile on my face maybe this is blasphemy but I don't care <laughs> I don't like Varen in the books where it's like she puts on this dopey Columbo act mm-hmm Like, oh, I'm just, like, a goofy idiot. Nobody knows what I'm up to. No. Like, give the woman a real personality and not a caricature personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make her a real person. Let her be smart but unassuming without, you know, like, being full of crusty ink stains. Like, (laughs) let the woman have a nice, beautiful hairdo and a nice, presentable outfit. Like, Uh come on. Mm -hmm. Come on. (laughs) And I'm so glad. Because Mira Sayal is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, she's such a talented actress. And I just think this is so much more polished and... Mm -hmm. I love her personality so much more in this show. Yes. And it, it, it works for the books, like mm-hmm. how they do it. Mm-hmm. But in this medium, it could come off a little bit goof troop. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. a little banana pants, if you will. <laughs> if she's kind of like doing this whole Columbo routine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I think Varen was like one of the highlights of the show for me was just seeing her be her. It was great. Well, it I was would great. want to see Varen be like. There is a really, really exceptionally well... People are doing their face acting really well, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, it's not even just, like, our main actors. It's even, like, our little side actors whose facial expressions are just, like, this beautiful enhancement to what's going on. Varen's looks hurt like when she was like nibbling on something and she's offering wine and she's like more than just gossip and like I loved it I loved it yeah same and I love how Varen put it together that Hmm? she says we need to find out which Aes Sedai have been out of the tower in the past few days and then here comes Leandra and just sauntering on in with her bag of asparagus (laughs) it's <laughs> so random. Right? I love it. Um, and she's like, it only grows there this time of year in this particular region. And, of course, Varen knows that, too. She's like, this is all too neat and tidy. 
She sees it. Well, I mean, Leandrin put her foot in it because Varen says that they were gone with like, she said they left for a name day celebration. She didn't say what or what, whose. And then Leandrin's like, oh my God, like I heard about, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the queen's people or whatever, like an emissary getting attacked. But Varen didn't say anything about, if I recall, about who they would have been with. And Leandrin was like, oh, yeah, like the queen. So, like, it was suspicious mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And also the asparagus. <laughs> yeah, last season it was persimmons. She's like, come on, it's... guys, it's spargle season. Get into it. White asparagus and hollandaise for everyone. Yay. Yay. <laughs> too contrived to not be suspicious and Varen was already like looking for suspicious activity so Christian maybe white asparagus is the code word for their heart what if that's like a black Aja code word maybe asparagus sparkle sparkle everyone (laughs) yeah I don't know so that was I love that all the white tower stuff Loved mm-hmm. it. Nynaeve and Elaine. Mm. In fall. Plot. Yes. That was. It was all right. I, yeah. It was okay. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Tell me why. This isn't me like knocking on this show, but just in general, how it's like, we need to like take this person from point A to point B so you just have them like get knocked out on camera mm, and mm. then they just like wake up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just laughing about it because Nynaeve and Elaine have been knocked out cold twice mm-hmm. in what is probably 24 hours. Yikes. And it's just like, oh man, these poor girls. But also I think it regressed Nynaeve's storyline just a touch. My friend Laura brought this up, but mm-hmm. we had Nynaeve, the same Nynaeve who lured a trollic into the pool so she could hide there and kill it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Nynaeve, like future Nynaeve, who is not smart enough to realize that changing her outfit might be a good idea. <laughs> right. Right. And I know they were probably trying to be like a book nod, like throw us a bone, like it's kind of like it was in the books, mm-hmm. but they've already they've already established her as being quick-witted enough mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. kill a Trolloc, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. It felt like a little bit of progression and then regression, which it's, you know, it's fine. People change, right? Nobody is. Right. Yeah. Everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I did like it for, like, that book connection. For the book connection, like, I think it's fun. hmm But from, like, a realism mm-hmm. aspect, I'm like, okay. If we focus more on Nynaeve being super distraught, like, she can't think straight because Egwene is missing. Right. But it was such a quick scene that you yeah. didn't really get the vibe I guess. Yes. I mean, y- you do, but it could have been a little bit more. But eight episodes, eight episodes. 
gotta gotta make things a little faster yep yeah and i do like the fact that they've like made it so that they have an aes Sedai ally in fall that is not in the book and i don't object to it and i think from like the go into that a little bit more i think that it is not going to hurt them to have a full Aes Sedai considering what they're going to be facing and as clever as Elaine and Nynaeve and Min end up being together and figuring out how to get a queen away from the Dominate. If Min is even included in this you know like she might not even. Exactly and so like to have this aid it makes it more believable for me. Like, they are fairly untrained. Nynaeve can only channel when she's angry or afraid and mostly just angry because apparently when she's afraid, she shuts down like she did in the earlier scene. And so to have someone who is experienced, who can show them certain weaves that they have not yet learned in the tower because they've barely been there, like... And then I, I'm fairly certain in the episode like preview for the next episode it's Rima, right that's the Aes Sedai that's there yes and it looks like she's holding rings like Aes Sedai rings and one of the things that like we had wondered about is later on they kind of pass them off as themselves off as full Aes Sedai this Aes Sedai may be helping them create that ruse and this way we have that little plot hole that could have been there filled in. Yeah. Yeah. And we still have not had a lot of seeing what the Aes Sedai can actually do. So it would be cool to have an, like a full Aes Sedai there to show what's possible that we haven't seen yet. And she has a warder. So Aes Sedai act, warder action. I'm here for it. I like that. Yeah, I think she'll be an interesting character mm-hmm. to just kind of insert in here, especially when they need a home base. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They need like a point of refuge and yeah. all of this. Yeah. And so I think it's just smart to include something like that in here. And the Great Hunt, who did they stay with? Did they stay with someone? Mm-mm. Man. No, they had like. They had a room above some, like, fishy-smelling place. Yeah. It was, yeah. like, tiny and cramped, and they had had to find it themselves. And, like, they had lost time in the city in their search for a queen because one of them had channeled, and it brought a bunch of Domine out to look for them. Like, them being found by an Aes Sedai is going to, like, accelerate how they learn about what Egwene is going through and how they'll be able to potentially rescue her. I just, I think it's really smart. And it's actually like a sister who's in this book. And I'm really wondering if she's going to get captured the way that she is in the book and becomes Pura, who shows up again later in the series. Christian brought up a good point and he asked, have we gotten a mention of Shanshan being able to detect channeling? Mm, that is, and a good I'm pretty question. sure the answer for that is that in the show, it's not a thing. Like the channeling detection. Okay, that definitely helps a little bit though because 
if that's the case, when Leandrin is channeling as she's getting ready to walk into the Waygate and she removes Nynaeve's bindings, I was like, yeah. how did the Domine not notice that? Like, they're standing yeah, right there. Yep. But you can see another person channeling if you can channel. I think women can see the weaves of other women, yes. Okay. Which is why she just did like a little, I don't know, a little like. Little finger swirl. Sparkler. A little, yeah. Just a little burning <laughs> action. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And too, like what are they going to do? Chase her out of the waygate? Mm-hmm. No. They're, they've got what they wanted. If they're too, if they are. I think this is, this, God, I love Leandrin. <laughs> I love this. Because for one, High Lady Surath is not going to send her channelers into the ways. That would just be dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, Manchin Chin is there. What are they going to do? Have a full-out battle in there? No. Leandrin knew exactly what she was doing, and I think she knew that no matter what, they weren't going to catch her. I mean, Surath can't. What's she going to do, capture her? Ashami will be like, no, release her. She's my person in the tower. She's mm-hmm. important to me. Mm-hmm. Let her go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it's just this pettiness from Leandrin that I just, oh, I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. I think she knows, like, even if they did see it, even if she was caught, there's nothing they could do. And she even ends the meeting on... You know, like, maybe someday you'll be bowing to me or mm-hmm. whatever it is that she says. Yeah, or, or if I'm you make like, or if you make it that long. You last that long. That's what she says, if you make, if you last that long. And then she releases yeah. Nynaeve. Yep. It's, it's a good scene. Yeah. It, every scene that Kate Fleetwood is in is elevated. It's <laughs> like, so true. You just know that you're going to – you can expect, like, the good writing, the good dialogue whenever mm-hmm. she walks in. Mm-hmm. It's great. And delivery. That's how I feel about Ashamael, too. I mean, as soon as he shows up, I'm like, okay. You're okay. full attention. Yeah, but it's mostly when he's with someone in, like, the same, like, age range, I guess. Like, him and Lanfear, awesome. Mm-hmm. Him and High Lord Turok, like, great. Mm-hmm. Him even just doing monologues alone. <laughs> he can talk to himself. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there were any other major scenes where I'm like, ooh, we got to talk about that because so important. Okay. I think the the last scene that we haven't talked about is the mm. family. Okay. For one, like family as a theme has been – sprinkled in the whole season starting with Perrin's letter to Nynaeve and Egwene saying Mm -hmm. he misses them and they're stronger when they're together but Mm -hmm. now we're seeing this theme of family kind of wedging itself between all of the groups like we have Dane Bornhold and Jaw from Bornhold and Valda pretty much calling him out on like nepotism like family we have Moraine and her sister. Yes. We don't know who's going to be the dark friend in the Damadred house. If is it going to be her sister? Is it actually going to be Barthanus like it is in the books? Mm-hmm. It could be either. Like, they've set it up for just anything. 
Yep. So, like, we're going to have family drama over here, potentially. Mm-hmm. We just have these, the family, like, the bond between Moraine and Lan. Like, they yes. are, like, family. Yeah. The little scene with Alana and, and this dinner party where everybody's yeah. eating together. Like, they're really sprinkling it in everywhere. And it almost, oh, Leandrin and her son. Yep. Trying to think if there are more. Anyways, regardless, yeah. Yeah. it's a big theme this season, and I have to wonder how that's going to come into play in the end. Like, if it's going to be this moment of, hey, we got through this at Falm because we all work together and because we're all here together, mm-hmm. only knowing that our characters are going to be ripped apart again immediately mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. It's going to be interesting Oh, also thinking of like the family aspect. Mm-hmm. It is, but it isn't. But the Forsaken are really like one big, super dysfunctional, messed up family. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. They really are. Yeah. I agree with that. The way that Lanfear talks about the other chosen, when Ishamael is like, why do you think I was the first one woken up? Yeah, because it's like Gideon's insane and Grendel. Yeah, she's like Uncle Steve is a bigot, right? Yeah, my brother (laughs) Jeffrey, he's an alcoholic. Yeah, and drives around (laughs) on a really loud loud motorcycle with offensive flags hanging off the back of it. That's their family, right? Right. I mean, that's what it feels like. And Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, something we didn't mention. I'm. Really excited about the mention of Mogidian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as the books go, I'm not like, rah, rah, love the Forsaken. Mm-hmm. But I do think that she's a really compelling one, specifically because mm-hmm. she's in the entire book series. Like, where some of them are kind of in and then they're out. And mm-hmm. she's one of those characters that's just, she's in there almost the whole way through. I'm excited to see, like, further awakenings of the other Forsaken and how many we're going to get total. I did notice Lanfear wears the same kind of gold finger cuff thing that Shamael is wearing, at least in the dream she is. And I'm curious what it is, if there's a connection. Maybe. It is interesting that Lanfear uh, channels the true source so early at least i'm assuming it's the true source right yeah because in episode four when she's killed and reawakens like when her eyes like flip back open you can see the saw Mm-hmm. yeah and that would be like your major pull like a big mm-hmm. got a lot yeah coursing through you i was surprised by that and it made sense at the same time because like you can't use the one power to heal yourself. So how else was she going to be able to heal herself? Yeah, I think this is just a change, though, for the show. Like, mm-hmm. can you heal yourself with any power source or no? Because I don't think you can. Can you? Well, Lanfear did. I mean, in the books. Oh, in the books. I don't believe so. Yeah, I think this is a show-only 
situation, mm-hmm. which also leads to the question of how can you be killed right. if you're forsaken? Right. Is it going to come down to power wrought weapons mm-hmm. or balefire or is it like a golem where you, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you cut the body into many pieces, does it right. just congeal back together? Right. <laughs> like well, how are we doing this, like, guys? Like right back onto her body? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like the I mean, only it's compelling is I'm interested. I don't mind right. the change. Yeah. But, and I for me I think the answer is like Balefire. Like we'll find out about Balefire, but I just I, I don't kind know. Of hope it's not Balefire. Right. Like I don't want it to be only something that involves channeling, and only something that involves channeling something that's forbidden i guess i don't know well that i just like the aspect of what balefire does like how it's so unstable and Mm -hmm. how it like rips the fabric of society society fabric (laughs) of like physics of this world apart so like if you're running around balefiring (laughs) every forsaken you see Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like there's a cost of using it. Mm-hmm. So mm. I don't know. I'm not saying I don't want any balefire. I'm just saying I don't want the go-to being like, oh, there's a Forsaken, time to use balefire. Mm-hmm. Like if it happens once or twice, like it does in the books, cool. But I think it's way more important if like you start using it and then – you know, we're seeing bubbles of evil and all kinds of weird crap happening. Mm-hmm. There's a cost to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that feeling of, like, whoa, like, nobody should be doing this. Nobody should be using it. It's dangerous for all. So, I don't know. Power up weapons might be. Mm. I like that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm still I'm still caught up on Balefire. I get it. I'm super curious. This is like a mystery. I love it. <laughs> I think the only thing that I had on here that I guess I wanted to ask you about, and it might not be super important, but Elias is really focused on telling Perrin that this is not your pack. The Shinarans are not your pack. Your friends from the Two River, not even your wife, was your pack. And I'm like, why are you so fixated on this? And I, maybe we'll find out more about Elias's background, why he would feel like that's necessary. But Perrin seems loyal. Yeah, but he's trying to keep Perrin alive. Like, Elias, they tried to gentle him. Like, these are, he was a warder for crying out loud, and they tried to gentle him or kill him or capture and run tests on him. Like, God knows what. He doesn't trust humans. It's, yeah, he's done with people. And I think for good reason. Like, he's been done dirty, right? Like, if you're treated like a freak and ostracized Mm -hmm. and people want to kill you for how you look, I think he's trying to, like, scare people Perrin into it a little bit or maybe not scare him but at least like tough love which obviously isn't the right way to go about things with Perrin because he is loyal and he cares too much and 
he has a really big heart, but yeah. I feel like it makes sense what Elias is saying. Mm-hmm. It's just he's saying the wrong thing to Perrin. And I mean, Elias had to kill warders to get out alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's terrifying. Imagine yeah. being a part of this society, being someone's warder, mm-hmm. someone that you're that close with. Can you imagine Moraine and Lan if one day she was mm-hmm. like, something's up with you, going to mm-hmm. call my girls, we're going to gentle you? Like, whoa, whoa. That's wild. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get more of his backstory mm-hmm. and it'll really like bring in just how rough of a life he's had mm-hmm. well okay so one of the things that i was thinking when you were talking about that like he's been dirt he's been done dirty by people twice now when perrin has gone golden eyes around others he's been asked what are you and that feels so demeaning and terrible And that's just, like, these two experiences, Elias has had so much more of that. And so I think think you're right. I think you're right on track that he's just been treated really terribly. And the only solace and family that he has now is the packs of wolves that he runs with. Right. Right. Okay. It's going to be interesting because there's not a ton of time. Mm-hmm. But this is the reality of eight episodes where it's like mm-hmm. some of these moments, it feels kind of like you're just getting hit over the head with the hammer where it's mm-hmm. like it's like this, don't question it, we're moving on. In some instances where it's like, no, like we could have time for more. But then there are other examples where it's like, all right, wrap this up. Let's mm-hmm. let's get a move on. So it's just it's it's hard kind of questioning like a scenario like this where it's like, well, should they, you know, prep the viewers a little bit more and explain? Or it's or should we just be like, This is how it is. Let's leave it there. Revisit. Mm-hmm. Maybe never. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, sure. The, it is harsh, though, what he said. Like, your wife wasn't your pack. Yeah. But it it still feels true. Like, mm-hmm. do we know for a fact if Perrin woke up in the two rivers with golden eyes and started... Telling everybody he could like, talk to wolves? Well, I'm just thinking, like, seeing things. Like, having these visions where mm-hmm. it's like... To everyone else, it might appear as though he's, you know, not in control of his faculties. Mm -hmm. Like, they might think he's losing his mind. Mm -hmm. Would his wife understand that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, they didn't seem to be in a good place when he didn't have his wolf brother abilities. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know. It's actually it, the wife thing that it smarts. It hurts. It's still one that I'm not a fan of. There are yeah. several things from season one that I just have to like wash my hands of and be like, it's o- it's okay, it's okay. I forgive well, you. 
Well, no, like, I appreciate that, honestly, because yeah. season one, like, where they left off in episode eight, mm-hmm. like, we, we're not going back there. It's like, it's like the writers were like, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. We've moved on, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, good. I don't care. I don't need, like, explanation how we got from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Let's just, let's roll with it. Yep. Let's move on. Get to the new story. Mm-hmm. I like what Christian says. Season two feels like a writing of the ship. And I agree. I agree. I feel like there's so much about it that's just so elevated and beautiful and more of what I hope to see. And I love that I'm still, like, sitting here going, is it Thursday yet? Is it Thursday yet? Like, I've read these books. I know what happens in some sense. But there are so many things that have been different, that have been exciting, that have been fun, visual like getting that visual of everything has been i'm i'm really enjoying the season so far i think is what i'm saying i'm excited yeah i'm loving it i'm having a blast like the season has been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and i'm excited to see where it ends let's yeah let's cross our fingers and hope we get matt next episode and that his storyline gets a little bit of attention and Mm mm-hmm detail mm-hmm. and we go from there but yeah like that's really all that I had if if you're ready yeah. I think we can wrap I'm... it up yep that's all I've got <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, to double check my notes but I feel pretty good all right thanks for joining us and we will see you next time bye-bye Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.